Hey, bless up. All glory goes to God. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus came in the flesh and died for our sins. Get out there and save a soul for the kingdom today. Put on the full armor of God and repent. We have to repent. Remember, you might be the only Bible that someone sees. So not only talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. And then walking the walk, sometimes we have to uh, call ourselves out to correction when we need it. Hey, I posted an episode last week. I was a little aggressive in the spirit. And uh, the message didn't come out as intended. Brother Ringer called me out on it. Didn't necessarily convict me of it, but uh, made a good point that, you know, sometimes the way that I speak, if people do not know me, they might take offense to it. And that's the last thing I want to do is bring offense to this. So I apologize if I did offend anybody. And uh, look, man, I'm going to try and do better. Okay. I'm going to try and do better. And I'm going to try and set uh, what we got to do here. You know, a lot of times is when we're working in the spirit is really humble ourselves. And we got to get in a quiet place. I mean, truth be told, we got to get in a quiet place and we got to ask, ask for direction, you know, reveal to reveal to us what we need to see about ourselves. Um, because that's the only way we're going to work through it. And that's the only way that we're really going to get through, you know, think about the Lord's prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus told us that's how we're supposed to pray. You know, he said, that's how we're supposed to pray. So maybe we need to say that more often, you know, Think about when Jesus was getting ready to be uh, crucified. You know, he said, if, if you can't, I'm paraphrasing, if you can't let this cup pass from me, but pass from me, but, you know, not your, not my will, your will be done. It's always the Lord's will. And all we got to do is really just pray about it and seek his face. And, you know, hopefully we will uh, come in the, come in the right, uh, right tone, right right walk, right talk, and we will do better. But speaking of doing better, I'm going to try and do better tonight. So what are we going to talk about? I don't know. A few things are on my mind. I don't know how long I'm going to last tonight. Might be a short one, might be normal length, but we're just going to get into it. So a few things I want to I start off by saying is when you're climbing up that hill, and we've talked about this before, when you're climbing up that hill, the enemy is going to throw some stuff at you that you didn't see coming. He's crafty, he's tricky, he's a snake, he's a liar, he's a cheat, he's a steal. Okay? The last thing he wants is one more person getting into heaven. Because he can never go back. He knows it. He knows he ruined his chance. He And when he sees you making progress, when he sees me making progress, when he sees you know your mom making progress, your dad making progress, he don't like it. He gets upset. Okay? So he's going to do everything he can to throw something at you. And it might come out of left field. It might be something that you weren't even expecting. But you know what the good thing is? Is that in a lot of these trials that we go through, and remember, you know, we've been talking a lot about James 1 lately. You know, James 1, 1, my brothers and sisters, you know, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations. Um, why should we Why should we consider it joy? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because it's a lesson. Okay, it's a lesson that when you face the trial again, if you face the trial again, if you have to go through a similar situation, you're going to be equipped. You're going to be equipped with knowledge and you're going to be able to use your discernment and you're going to be able to use that knowledge and put it to wisdom. That's what I believe wisdom is. Knowledge is is what is is given into you and wisdom is walking in that knowledge. Okay, so when you get thrown at these situations that are coming at you to you know, for all intents and purposes, test you, put you through a trial, you're going to be armed with that 
with that experience. You know, a lot of people like to say it's experience, and it is. It truly is. It's experience. But what kind of experience do you need? Do you want worldly experience or do you want spiritual experience? Do you want worldly experience or kingdom experience? Do you want to think like the world or do you want to think like the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit? I mean, what do you want, okay, to overcome this problem? Because, you know, truth be told, uh, what does Jesus say? I think it's in Matthew. Yes, yes, it is. I, I was in Matthew this week, so that's why it's sticking out for me. Uh, Matthew six twenty six. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or can anyone give an exchange? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So f- pay attention to the first part of that. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Now we can look at that in a number of different ways, but you know we we know what Christ was talking about there. You know, are you going to gain worldly possessions? Are you going to get by what means? You know, what means do you want to gain worldly possessions? If you're going to gain the whole world, you know, money, fame, whatever it might be, acceptance, love, you're going to gain all of that. But at what price? At what price are you going to, what price is it going to cost you? That's where I want to go with it. Because, you know, when you talk about the price of something, it's going to cost you something. You know, the old trade and barter system that we barter system that we've been living in for the past 200 years, you give me a service, I give you some money, and then we write up a bill of sale and then we're, it's, it's all good. But what type of bill of sale are you going to, are you going to ring up if you gain the whole world? And you know what? It's interesting enough. This is going to really dive into the topic. A couple of the things that I wanted to talk about, and then we're going to go from there. So, you know, and I'm just going to touch on these subjects. If you don't want to hear about it, you can either stop listening or you can fast forward. But uh, look, we got to call it out. You know, the world is telling you you have to accept this ideology of transgenderism. Okay. Uh, at, the, at, the, at the basis of it, it's antichrist, first of all. Okay. It's a sin. You don't like to hear it? Don't listen to me anymore. It suggests that God is wrong. Everything God creates, God creates for a purpose. He loves everything that he creates. And to suggest that we know better that we should be a woman or a man when we are the opposite is insanity. I call it like it is. But you can see how the world is forcing this ideology on you by saying you're going to be canceled if you don't accept it. And we're going to put it in all the products now. Okay? We're going to put it in all the products. We're going to put it on your beers that you like to drink. And it's not just one brand here, folks. Uh, That company that owns that brand, they own a lot more brands. So you might stop drinking one of them, (laughs) but you're probably dipping in and keeping the the ship afloat with the other ones. So do your research here. Uh, Nike. Nike did, did a sponsorship with them. Look, you know, if you weren't able to see it by what went on three years ago with what they forced on us, they're forcing every agenda that they want upon us, okay? They're trying to break our free will, which has been given to us by God. They're trying to break our free will. They're trying to force us into doing their agenda, which is not the kingdom agenda. I don't I don't care what anybody says. It is not the kingdom agenda. So you better be prepared. You better be prepared to give up the worldly things or it's going to cost you your soul. Because, you know, another verse that really sticks out in my head, it is also uh, in Matthew, and this is in chapter 12, 36, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. And look, this verse has always weighed heavy on me because every empty word, that's that's NIV, I believe, uh, you know, uh, King James and probably New King James, um, every idle word. Yeah, every idle word men may speak. 
Okay. We got to think about that for a second because how has communication changed since this has been? And what does it mean every idle word? Think about maybe if you cast a vote for a candidate that supports an antichrist agenda. Maybe you support uh, a brand or a musical artist or any anyone that is is preaching an agenda that is against the word of God. Are we going to be held accountable for that because we support them? Maybe we buy tickets to their concerts. Maybe we subscribe to their, uh, you know, streaming service. You know, I, I don't know, but what I do know is what comes out of our mouths and what we do support when we know that it is antichrist. I do believe that we will probably have to give an account for that. We will be asked why that is my opinion. Um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but it's good to have your eyes and your ears open in these days, because if you don't know now, you know, okay, the agenda is being pushed. The agenda is being accelerated. And here's the thing that, here's the thing that is, it's concern. It's more than concerning. I shouldn't even uh, slow play it. It's maddening. It's insanity. It's that you see churches supporting these ideologies. Okay. You see churches supporting it. Now, these people who are misleading people, they're going to have to pay a price and we know why they're doing it. It's to, it's for their own worldly gain. Okay. That is why they're doing it. Um, I saw a couple of things today on an, on an Easter celebration and uh, we're just going to glaze over that because I'm not really sure how I feel about kingdom-minded people and Christians celebrating Easter. Um, if you can find the verse in the Bible that it says to celebrate his resurrection, celebrate that day, you know, then we'll talk. But it does say that there's a feast of unleavened bread. It does say to celebrate Passover, feast of first fruits. So, you know, we can get into that later. But, you know, I saw this Easter celebration from uh, this church, Mike Todd. Uh, I think his church is called Transformation. And look, uh, a couple of my buddies actually tried to get me to listen to Mike Todd four years ago when I first came back into the fold uh, with Christ. And there was just something about him. There was just something about him that I didn't like. Um, and I don't, it's not that he wasn't energetic. Um, you know, I, I, my, my favorite pastor, Tony Evans, followed a close second, Marcus Rogers. Um and there's there's a there's a, several other guys that I follow on YouTube, uh, but those are those are my two main guys that I go to that uh, I truly believe are men of God and they and they preach the word. Uh, you know I I love both of them and and they have been crucial in my journey with Christ. Uh, but you know unfortunately Mike Todd I didn't I I felt something in the spirit when I first watched him and I was like man I just can't mess with this guy. And I, I would encourage well, I'm not going to encourage y'all to watch his Easter celebration. Uh, but if you can look up Marcus Rogers' video on what he talks about, th- this is insanity. What is going on in his church and what he did on Easter Sunday as a as a celebration? Okay, and there are more and more of these churches coming out and doing stuff for worldly clout, for worldly gains, to fit in, to be accepted. We're not supposed to fit in. Okay, we're not supposed to fit in. Jesus didn't fit in. He brought division. People did not like him. He, they did not like his message. Clearly, they crucified him. Okay? Don't think that you're not going to have to go through the same thing. 
don't think. And it says it in the verse right before. It says it right in the in the verse, but a couple of verses before what I just quoted. Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it." And think about that. See, and, and let's just go through this real quick. Forever, who for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Okay. So I want to go back and forth between these verses and break them down for a second. Okay. He says for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So what comes to mind right now, based on the state of affairs that we're in, is that people want to save their lives. Think about, they want to save their livelihood. They want to save their lives. They want to save their income, their jobs, by conforming to what this agenda says. Because guess what? If you don't conform to it, if you don't accept it, if you don't go with it, you'll be canceled. Okay, you'll lose your livelihood. You'll lose your, then you'll lose your life because no one will hire you and you won't have you won't have the, uh, the, the funds to support yourself, right? That's what every, that's what goes through everybody's minds. Okay. But there, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus wasn't talking about saving the worldly life. He's talking about the spiritual life. You know what I'm saying? So if we going to gain our worldly life by conforming to the agendas that go on in this world, odds are, it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion, but Jesus said it. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So if we're going to try and save our lives on this earth, then um, we should probably be prepared to lose our spiritual lives. Because A, that's what Jesus said. He said, we're going to lose your life. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but he wasn't talking about the physical life. He was talking about the spiritual life. The people want to save their physical bodies. They want to save their worldly bodies. They want to save their worldly possessions. But they're going to lose, they're going to lose the eternal life. They're going to, look, I'm going to be 40. Let's just, let's just story time with Uncle Z. I'm going to be 40 in about five weeks, okay? No, I don't know. It's like six weeks. It's at the end of May. So... Uh, y'all can wish me a happy birthday if you want to. Anyways, um, but li- listen, in all seriousness, I'm going to be 40 at the end of May. I don't feel 40. I don't feel 40. I still feel like I'm in my 20s. My mind is still young. And <laughs> I mean, depending on who you ask, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Okay. Now, my priorities are, are a lot a lot more aligned than what they were when they were 20s. But when I say that my mind feels like it's 20 is that I still feel like I can physically operate like I'm 20. Okay, I still feel like I can do the things that I did when I was 20 in my 20s, even in my early 30s. Okay, but my body is breaking down. Okay, realistically, you know, I'm probably close to the halfway point. Now, my family's got good genes, so glory to God if he wants me to see a long life, I, I hope that I can. Um, but, you know, by life, expense, by life expectancy um, data, I'm about, I'm, I'm at, that, I'm at halftime. <laughs> I'm at halftime, okay? And I'm trying to pitch a shutout in the second half. Well, there's no really halves in baseball. I really can't pitch a perfect game. At the second half of baseball. Well, if it was a doubleheader. So let's say that it's a doubleheader. Because we in baseball season, we use those analogies. Um, let's say it's a doubleheader. So in the second game, I'm going to pitch a no-hitter. I'm going to pitch a, a perfect game. 
Okay, that makes that's a better analogy. So that's what I want to do, but I can't do it without the help of God. I can't do it without knowing that I'm gonna have to lose some stuff on this on this planet. That I'm gonna have to really. I mean, guys, oh my goodness, let's go. It's real. It's all real. You're gonna have to make a choice, and you're gonna have to choose. Choose today whom you serve. Okay, what's it saying, Joshua? I believe it's twenty four nineteen. I don't have the verse in front of me. Choose today whom you will serve. But for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. I believe it's Joshua twenty four nineteen. I know Brother Ringo will probably give me some correction on this one on Thursday. Okay, shout out a, a ringy dingy. So, but it's real. You know what I'm saying? It's real. You're going to have to give up. You want to change your life? You need to look at what's in your life. And then you have to say, well, what am I putting before God, first of all? What idols do I have? You know, what idols do I have? Why is it a rinse and repeat? Why am I going through it? Why am I going through the same trial? What didn't I learn the last time? So you got to ask for some clarity. You got to ask for some guidance. You got to humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord and in due time, he will exalt you. You got to find these things out. And we go through this stuff so we can lean on God. You know, I like how people have said before that um, God's never going to give you more than you can handle. Well, you know, I kind of disagree with that. I think he's going to give you more than you can handle. So you lean on him and you get your strength through him. And you know that you can't do it without him. That's how I kind of feel about that. I could be wrong, but that's just my interpretation of it. Because I think we've all been in a place where we think that, listen, I've been in places before where my life has just spiraled out of control because there was too much, <laughs> I mean, let's be real, there was too much that I couldn't handle. There was too much on my plate. And guess what? At that time, I can tell you one thing. If I was seeking the Lord, I was in a lifestyle of sin. I was in no repentance. And let's be real. What should I have expected? I'm asking for help, but I'm not willing to help myself. I'm not willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow him. But I want the help. Come on now. I thought I was smarter than that, but I guess I was wrong. But that's what it's about. That's what I say when it's real. You know, there's going to, there's, everybody's going to come to a crossroads in your life and you're going to have to, you have to choose which path to take you're going to have to choose which road to go down and you're going to have to choose you know sometimes you're going to have to choose who you're riding with and who you're not you have to choose on where you're spending your time and where you're not and you're going to have to choose on what you're putting first and what you're not and i can tell you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you it's matthew six thirty three. Now I can see why Ringer likes this book so much because there's just a lot of quotable verses and just a lot of meat in uh, Matthew. Um, there's a lot of meat in the whole Bible if y'all weren't aware. But that's what it's about. And you know, there's another part of Matthew I want to kind of dive into. And I kind of touched on some of this. Um, I kind of touched on some of this last week a bit in the in the last episode that I pulled down. So... You know, everybody Everybody does ask, where's God, where's God, where's God? You know, where's God when this happens? Where's God when that happens? So 
Matthew 13, uh, we'll just go 55 through uh, 58, which is the end of the verse. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this, isn't his mother's, let me start over. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. So they're taking offense to Jesus. Okay, where did then this man get all these things? They're asking, where did he get his authority? My opinion is that, well, where did he get his authority? Who gave him the, uh, the, 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 the credentials to preach? He's not a Pharisee. He's not a Sadducee. Why, who, who said that he could preach? And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. Here's a verse that stuck. Here's the verse that stuck out to me. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So Jesus was in his hometown. He was in his hometown, right? And people didn't believe him. People didn't believe in him. And he's and, and that verse says he did not he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Well, where is our faith at? Where is your faith at? Is your faith, is my faith only apparent when things go wrong? Is your faith, is my faith only um, really on display when we're going through rough times? Because it's easy, it's easy to get down and start crying out for things. You know, it's interesting how things work. It's easy to start crying out and asking for things and saying, you know, where are you, God? Where are you, God? When things are going bad and you're and you're questioning and you're questioning why things are going so bad in your life. Okay. Instead of asking for guidance, instead of asking for strength, what do you want me to learn? We always ask, well, why are things going so bad for me? I've never heard. I've rarely heard. Let's say I rarely, because if I put that word never on it, that's, that's like definite, you know, like I've never heard it. And I want to say that. I have rarely heard anybody question, I wonder why this happened to me. Why did this happen to me, God, when they hit the lottery? Why did this happen to me, God, when they got a real good job with a real high paycheck? Why did this happen to me, God, when they finally could afford that car that they wanted? You know what I'm saying? Like, where are we at? Where are we at? It says that God, Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So we always question, where's Jesus when this happens? Where's God when this happens? Well, check the receipts. He didn't do many miracles in his hometown because of their lack of faith. What makes you think that the miracles are going to happen here? With our lack of faith, what makes you think that miracles are going to happen in your life, in my life, with our lack of faith? And what is faith? It's obedience. It's knowing that Jesus Christ is king and he died for our sins. He paid the tab. It's obedience. It's walking in it. Faith without works is dead. So what are works? It's the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, homie, get in Galatians, get in Galatians and read it. Uh, we've talked about it several times. Th- those, those, those are works. Those can be works and how you're acting and how fruit has come off. And, and, and it's, it's a yeah, good tree bears good fruit. 
Those are works. What else are, you know, we, obedience are works. But, that, but that, that's what it's all about. You know, we don't have that faith, but we still expect miracles. We don't have that faith, but we expect a saving. We expect, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be real with y'all. Let's, I'm going to be real with y'all. Let's look at the last election. Let's look at the last presidential election. You know, I didn't vote for the guy that's in office. Let's be real. Okay. I didn't vote for him. I voted for the other guy. But over the past couple of years, I realized that, you know, a lot of people, made the other guy an idol. And my thoughts are, look, Yah is a jealous God. He wants all the glory, rightfully so. Rightfully so. He created everything. He created us. Everything that we have is on loan. The four walls in his room are his. He just let me borrow it. The house that I'm in is his. He just let me borrow it. The microphone that I'm talking into, it's his. He has just let me borrow it. But yeah, we're going to exalt another human being, another man like, oh, he's the savior. He's going to save us. He's going to save us. I don't know, man. Sometimes we just got to be real with ourselves and understand why things happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we just have to be real with ourselves and then understand why these things happen and then try and get a better idea around it from a spiritual mindset. Because if we look at it from a worldly mindset, we're going to be sour, bitter, salty, all the flavors, all the except sweet. We ain't going to be sweet. We're going to be sour, bitter, and salty. So what are we going to do? Well, we can't fall into the worldly agendas. We have to glorify Christ. We have to have faith. And we have to understand that we have to give up our lives. We have to give up our lives and follow and follow. You know, I mean, it seems difficult. It can sound difficult. It can Especially when we in the age of be accepted or get canceled, when we in the age of get likes or don't be liked, when when literally, oh man, I hate to say literally because that term is just so overused, but it literally, the amount of followers or friends you have on an online social media service mean more than how you act in public or what you've done in your life. That's a, that's a shame. You know, your arguments are based on who talks the loudest and who's, who's the most disrespectful. And if you don't agree with the, with the, with the mob that is screaming, give us Barabbas, there's something wrong with you. That's a mic drop. That's a mic drop. Wake up and eat with Z at gmail.com. Contact ringerisms at gmail.com. It's nice to be back with y'all. I hope you guys are getting something from it. And I'll talk to you.